Hello and welcome to Down Syndrome Radio. This is episode number five. I am Mark Owens here with my good friend Jason Kosky. We are the Downright Awesome Dads. We have a fantastic guest for you today and we're here to talk about parenting children with Down Syndrome. What do you say, Jason? How was your week? It was uh, pretty great. Um, you know, nothing exciting. I guess last weekend, um, Colette and Dexter actually um, went out of town for the weekend. So it was just little Wheezy and myself. And we tried to do all sorts of fun activities that a four-year-old and their dad like to do. Awesome. Uh, we went to the beach and went to a birthday party and did all kinds of cool stuff. Isn't it so much easier having only one? Yeah, you know, it's... <laughs> It's kind of funny, but yeah, it really is, especially at, at this age and, and older because, yeah, I mean, I actually did some things around the house too while she, you know, colored and entertained herself and did artwork and stuff and, and she even, you know, helped do some stuff. So it was, it was, it's so much easier and I never would have imagined it that quali- it would be. It was quality time, man. Yeah. It was it was very fun. We had a very good time, and then this weekend, you know, Dex and Colette are back, and we went to the beach today and um, did some running around yesterday. But it was a very 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 good summer week here in sunny San Diego. Fantastic. How about you? Well, we talked before this we're surviving that major heat wave. We had the nice uh, three day power outage with uh, 104 degrees and no air conditioning. Sleeping on the porch that was real nice. And then uh, the family went to the mountains of North Carolina near Asheville for a week, and I met them for the second half of the week from uh, July 4th on, and they had a great time with family and hiking in streams and waterfalls and whatnot. It was hot there, but not not so bad. So, uh, yeah, it's been a great great family week. I'm ready to get back into my into my routine, and I'm ready and happy to be back here and record again, man. It's been like a week and a half. It has been, yeah. But, right. uh, you know... So you want to do the big reveal about who our big guest is? Um, sure. Well, so our big guest is Joe Mears, and he is the. Well, I'm trying to find his title now. He is the chief honcho. How about that? Of of Dad's organization, which is Dad's Appreciating Down Syndrome. Hey, Joe. How's it going? Hey, glad to be here, guys. I was looking it up too because you gave yourself a funny title. I can't remember it was something like Lord Joseph, and whatnot. Yeah, potentate. I potentate. Think, there you go. <laughs> well, you know, Joe is the national leader of the uh, um, um, Dad's Appreciating Down Syndrome uh, group, and uh, he's going to tell us all about it. Uh, I don't know about you, Jason, but I don't really know all that much about it. So this is going to be kind of learning for me, and we thought we would just. Uh, you know, ask appropriate questions as the whole thing went on. And now uh, we're pretty sure we, we both have to join now. <laughs> yeah, no, I have nothing, and, and we I, I don't know anything. I um, I think I came across the website uh, way, you know, way back when, right after Dexter was born, when I was just, you know, looking for information, and I, you know, realized there was no Southern California chapter and um, sort of stopped looking at that point. So it's great to great to have Joe on, though. I'm very excited to hear about it. Hey, Joe, before we start with this, like a uh, um, uh, a thing we're going to start with all our guests, the first thing you should tell us about is your children, because that's what's most important. 
Uh oh, he might be gone. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Talking okay. to nobody. Hang on a second. <laughs> uh, Joe, you still here? All right. Maybe I should pause. Now he'll have no idea what names we may have called him. So are you calling him now? Uh, oh, Joe, you back? Oh, I hear some noises. Joe, come back to us. Joe. We get you guys back. Hey, he's back. Go. Okay, let's see. We were at the point where uh, I had asked you to uh, tell us about your children because I thought that was a good way to start, and that's what that's what's important. Well, I have four. Um, I'm wow. an outnumbered uh, father of four daughters. Um, 18... 16 and uh, 14 and my 14 year old daughter uh, has Down syndrome she she says we saved the best for last excellent <laughs> today is my uh, 23rd anniversary by the way. wow congratulations spending it podcasting how romantic <laughs> thank you you get to give a shout out <laughs> yeah. yes well, a five or zero so it's not that important anymore oh uh, yeah my, my my 15th is this, uh, this, this week yeah all righty well what's your what's your daughter's name what's your youngest daughter's name uh, Peyton. oh you're coming through kind of choppy can you tell me again joe Peyton. Peyton. all righty so uh, uh then tell us how the whole thing started obviously it had something to do with Peyton. that's what i'm thinking uh yeah and i'll share my story uh but it's it's not unique, uh, and, and in the last 10 years, by the way, Dad's appreciating Down syndrome is, is 10 years old. Wow. Um, uh, I, I've spoken with thousands of, of fathers, and, and and there's parts of it that resonate with just about every guy I've ever met. Um, and, and I'll use the acronyms in the three stages of DADS. Um, you know, Peyton was born the following day. We got the uh, Down syndrome diagnosis, and immediately I was a DADS dad again. Against Down syndrome, certainly not against my child or, or individuals with Down syndrome. I didn't know any, uh, but I was against this this thing, this diagnosis that showed up, and I couldn't fix it. And I think that's, that's crucial because our DNA is to fix things, and it's frustrating uh, when we can't fix it. That's what dads so, do. We should be able to fix anything, right? Yeah, exactly. So that 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 whole you know dad against uh, stage, but because uh, she was number four. Um, you know, I quickly realized that there were more similarities and differences different, uh, at some point didn't have, you know, uh, uh, special didn't have to be followed by the word needs. Uh, um, so I was moving into that second stage, uh, becoming a dad accepting down syndrome. So at that point, when I realized there was nothing to fix, nothing was broken, uh, then I needed to own it. And. Uh, you know, we do that as guys by, by finding a way to get involved. Now, what I just quickly explained was a process of, of about 18 months. Um, and during that time, my wife had found support. My wife was increasing her knowledge uh, about Down syndrome. My wife was uh, had networked uh, in our local Down syndrome organization in Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, you know, there's nationwide about 250 uh, Down syndrome organizations in local communities. They all have one thing in common. Uh, they all started out as moms around the kitchen table. Um, and, and the primary consumer uh, of in the parent model is, is the mother. 
So she was very comfortable in that. And I certainly went to events, went to social functions, uh, you know, went to our walk. Uh, by the way, the first of these 250 Down syndrome groups, ironically, uh, was moms. It was in the uh, mid 50s in St. Louis. And like dads, uh, moms was acronyms. It was uh, it stood for mothers of mongoloids. Wow, that's a there's an old term. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But, 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 but by the way, Joe, that's exactly how it is in my house, and I'm willing to guess it's Jason's as well. That you know, my my wife has certainly taken charge. Uh, she's gonna have a degree in Down syndrome in about you know two years, and uh, you know just in all the research and whatnot she's done, and I, I kind of follow along, but she's definitely the leader. Well, and, yep. and that, that role is, uh, you know, primary caregiver. I'm not trying to get that, but I was looking for a comfortable fit. So, you know, I went to these wonderful uh, women that, that drove our local Down syndrome organization. And at that time, it wasn't that uh, old. So what you lack in programming, you make up for in social events. So there seemed to be a lot of those. But I went and, and said, you know, hey, I, 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 I need to get involved. And they asked one question, you know, do you have a truck? I said, yes, they put me on the buddy wall committee. So I got to uh, grill hot dogs and move tables and stack chairs. And, and that was fine. I still do that. Well, actually now at the buddy walk, I'm in, in the dunk tank, but uh, hmm. <laughs> I, I knew how to do that already. I wasn't learning anything new. I wasn't becoming a better parent, a better advocate. I wasn't increasing my skills. So I was looking for a little more meat on the bone and I went back to him and I said, look, I, I need something a little, um, uh, a, a, a little more engaging and I, I was put on the outreach committee and I wasn't exactly sure what that committee did but they didn't care what I drove uh, <laughs> and, and I quickly renamed this the childbirth committee because it was me and a group of mothers and nowhere on the agenda uh, and they had one each month did it say we were going to talk about childbirth they always did <laughs> it would always kind of gravitate to that and, and guys look about a third or fourth meeting I was just one of the girls they were real comfortable with me and and they would share their stories graphically. Look, I, I witnessed that miracle four times, and I got out of that business. Now I cut myself shaving. I'm gonna lay down for an hour. But uh, it, it, this was kind of the, uh, the 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 breaking point when they looked at me after they were telling their stories of childbirth, like it was my turn. And I said, "Look, all, all four of our kids were delivered vaginally. We're raising them cesarean. What is the right answer here?" That night, I think I, I had the idea that, you know, I want to get together with just some guys. And, and, and you know, I'd met some, some, uh, some guys at, at these social events, and we all kind of gravitated, you know, to one side of the park or the room or whatever the event was. Um, but the conversation never got very deep. You know, we weren't talking about our hopes, our dreams, our fears. We weren't really talking about our children other than, you know, cute kid. We were talking about what guys talk about in, in those environments. Uh, sports and you know our, our jobs and the one mom that showed up in the low cut halter top and the real tight jeans but I wanted to get together with them in a, in a different environment and so I went to the childbirth uh, committee mothers and asked for their husbands names and email addresses phone numbers of one welcome back guys we had a little Skype issue there and we're gonna we're gonna restart just after asking them for their email addresses go ahead Joe uh, and then in May of, of 2002 um, uh, eight of us met in a private room of a restaurant. Um, it was non-clinical. It was relaxed. The guys that wanted to have a cocktail did. Uh, and everyone kind of seemed to have that same void. You know, it was real important that, that you know, business cards and bank statements were left outside and it was private. The door was closed uh, and everybody talked about their kids um, and the value they brought to their lives. And it was an environment where you know, I felt comfortable asking 
questions and, and things that I would never go home and ask my wife for fear that uh, she told me and I wasn't paying attention. But I could ask, <laughs> I, I could ask in that room. And uh, everybody said, let's, let's meet again next month. And eight became 16, and, and then it grew to 20, 25, 30. Um, and then we had a walk. Um, and at our buddy walk, we, we put together a booth, and I think we captured 55 um, email addresses and phone numbers and, and just met 55 new fathers. Um, one of the things I'm most proud of is, is that group. And I, I led that first group uh, for three years, but uh, – that first group in Indianapolis went 55 consecutive meetings where at least one new father um, walked in. But wow, that's after, amazing! Wow, yeah, that's great. That that's huge. But uh, uh, then the the programmatic piece had to develop uh, because you know at some point you get to know all the stories of the same guys, and even when you bring in you know a new guy, there there needed to be a little more meat on the bone. So uh, we started developing the the, the programmatic piece. And it caught the attention uh, of, of those outside of Indianapolis. And we were asked to present at a uh, national convention in 2003. And we've kind of been a fixture at, uh, at national conventions. And, and we've actually done international a couple of times uh, and just a lot of state and, and uh, regional conferences. But uh, Tell us the, about, the, about the program itself and the uh, uh, organization of it. And, and how you developed that. Okay. Um, well, at, at one point, uh, that first chapter kind of served as the national group. Uh, but as it started growing and other Down Center organizations uh, wanted this program, uh, the, our local organization was, you know, needed to develop or needed to devote their time, attention, their resources to the families they served. So Dad's National grew out of that, which is... Uh, just the owner and, and holder of the program uh, and, and works with other groups. Dad serves two functions. One, uh, it's a program that's implemented by local Down Syndrome support organizations, uh, specifically serving fathers, providing that, that comfortable fit uh, to increase their advocacy and their involvement. Um, but we also provide online forums. We have, uh, you know, on, on Facebook and we have a listserv with over a thousand fathers uh, and we connect and form, we educate. Uh, you know, regardless of their program participation. On our website, we have an Ask a Dad forum, and we get a lot of traffic on that, uh, especially, uh, or we've seen a huge increase in the last nine months uh, since the sequinom prenatal testing uh, DNA test was available or is available in 20 cities. So, you know, a lot more fathers are, are, are getting that early diagnosis now. Right. So, so they go to, they find us on Ask a Dad, but... The, the program is, is built on, on one statement. The attitude of the father becomes the attitude of the family. Um, and, and I think that's just so relevant. You know, in, in the disability community, the divorce rate, uh, and this incorporates physical and intellectual, but the divorce rate approaches 90%. In, in Down syndrome, we have the lowest divorce rate of any uh, disability. Uh, it's 67%, but still significantly higher of the national average of 54. And you know, I, I meet these fathers at, at, at conferences and at, at dad's kickoff meetings. Um, so there's a presumption sometimes they already have a pretty good attitude because they're at the meeting. And, and at some point I found out that, especially at these local meetings, uh, mom sends them there. Mom makes them go 
And um, I, a couple of years ago, I, I, I talked for about 45 minutes. I was kicking off a group in uh, South Bend, Indiana. And uh, and then I we started going around the room. Everyone was going to share their story, talk about their kid. There was a younger father to my left, and I asked him to start. And he said, my wife and I spent every effing dime we had on in vitro. What we got was a kid with Down syndrome. He's three months old. Uh, I don't want to be the father of a child with special needs. Uh, I don't want to be here. My wife forced me to come. My life pretty much sucked. <laughs> that was a really, really honest guy. You got to give him that uh, anyway, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and the, but the meeting stopped. I mean, and we spent the next half an hour just talking with this guy. And, and the fear was with 28, 29 guys in the room with good intentions, someone would say the wrong thing. No one did. Uh, but we spent, you know, the better part of half an hour just with him. And then when we started again, um, you know, we told him, you can interrupt us at any point because, you know, you, you guys know we kind of developed our own lexicon and we start talking in initials. Right. So IFSP, uh, IEP, yeah, yeah, exactly. WTF. Yeah. yeah, we've been there. So, uh, but I got a call from the, the uh, board president of that local organization a few weeks later. This guy volunteered uh, for one of the leadership roles within dads. And now he serves on the board. And, and I believe he was going to be out of his child's life. So this provided that, that life raft, that, uh, that comfortable fit. And, and along with, with other fathers, he found out this is okay. This is not so bad. This is not the end of the world, and and got over whatever that was, uh, that was that was blocking that connection with his child, and now he's he's an involved, engaged advocate and working in the community, and, and I think it goes back to the attitude of the father becoming the attitude of the family. Um, the all the dads groups have um, a a single mission, and it is to assist. Uh, and support through fellowship and action the fathers and families of individuals with Down syndrome. I don't know what the uh, the mission statement is uh, in in Richmond or in San Diego, but but I do know this this will complement, not compete with it, um, because Dad's identifies the father as its consumer and by extension uh, the family and individuals with Down syndrome, and and each group has um, a list of goals, creating a network of fathers to develop the program based on their needs, to enhance the father's uh, knowledge and resources, to enhance advocacy skills. And and, and you guys can reel me in uh, on that one. But well, now, um, now, now, now you're going to add that they need to listen to this podcast as well, right? Yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Ulterior motive. No, go ahead. Oh, no, but I just think that is just huge. You know, advocacy has several definitions. If you go to, if you're, you know, have a team at your buddy walk, uh, and, and you're raising money. Well, it's also a huge awareness builder. So that's advocacy. Obviously, going to an IEP is advocacy. Um, but I believe certain responsibilities naturally fall on the shoulders of fathers. And, you know, some of those are like tomorrow morning on my way to the airport, I will take the trash to the curb because it's Monday. I'm dad. That's my job. Uh, I've got four daughters. It's my job to teach them all boys are bad. You that's know, right. If you've, got, if you've got sons. Until you're you 30. All boys are bad, and there is no makeup until you're 30. Exactly. Yeah. But the, the boys come over to, 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 you know, pick up my girls for dates, and and uh, I put my arm around their shoulder, and I get in their ear, and I said, I want to make sure we have an understanding. Uh, what, whatever you do to my daughter, I will do to your mother. And that seems to work. <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect. But, uh, uh, 
protecting and advancing the civil and legal rights uh, of individuals with Down syndrome absolutely is a responsibility that falls on the shoulders of fathers. And But it's tough. It's tough. And I, and I, I believe that most of the guys I've met I know all of them had to go through civics class in ninth grade, but I think they were burning weed behind the gym because they've forgotten all this stuff. And, and our uh, DNA is, is we don't want to do it. We don't want to get involved with anything that we don't feel like we're, you know, an expert about. And, and we don't have to know very much to, to, to think we're an expert. Uh, but, but if we don't know anything, we don't have that comfort level, then it's we're, we are reluctant to get involved. And I think that's where a lot of guys are. Uh, with understanding policy and, and making those calls, making those visits, um, knowing what what laws are, are um, on the landscape that could better your child's life. And, you know, a, a great one now that the, the huge push is on and there's a realistic chance that, that probably not this year, but next year it, it will get passed as ABLE, uh, which changes that ceiling on assets from 200 or $2,000 to $100,000 and, and provides a vehicle that, you know, we can save for our kids to go to post-secondary education or they can save for themselves when they have jobs. Right. And, this is going to change all of our, all of our state planning, which was planned based on the lower, the, the, the lower value. This is a whole nother uh, podcast topic that we were, that we were oh, planning to oh, do. Oh, absolutely. But, it, but, but, you know, understanding the, what those needs are and getting involved is, is uh, a responsibility of fathers and it's hard so learn it together and we have a policy toolkit that we provide uh, all the dads groups and basically here are the topics talk about these and here's the order in which they go and then we mix in the different legislation but we relearn uh, the whole process together to kind of build that feeling of being an expert um, and I'll always use the example that in my backyard I've got a real you know dense uh, population of trees and I live in Indiana we get snow every year because of the, the snow that's on the branches and uh, storms attrition I lose a few trees and and I could just ignore it when spring comes around um, and I can pretty up the front yard you know I can mow and cut and trim and edge and bag and plant flowers but just leave the crap in the backyard it's still there I can ignore it but it's still there and I think that's the way we treat uh, things that we're not comfortable with sometimes and or I could do it my, myself, and it's hard. It's daunting. Fortunately, I've got uh, several friends that have similar backyards. When spring breaks, we lace up our boots, we put on our gloves, we fire up our chainsaws, and we and we go from one house to the next. And it's still hard work, but there's a lot of value in doing it together. And I think Dad's creates that that forum for fathers to uh, to do some of those harder things together. Advocacy is certainly one of them, and it's a goal that we put a lot of emphasis on. Uh, another one is just improving a family's ability and coping with the unique challenges uh, that come with having a child with Down syndrome, providing that safe atmosphere where men can openly share. Um, and the last one is have fun. All right, Joe, let's, camaraderie. Let's, let's ask some questions. Sure. You know, uh, you're starting up a new one in uh, uh, Richmond. You're going to be here in a week or two, week and a half or so. Uh, you know, what is it going to look like in a new, uh, new organization? It is a, uh, a monthly meeting. Uh, you said there's a policy or an advocacy toolkit, and uh, you have some topics there. So it would be kind of a, a separate meeting at a restaurant or something like that. 
where you kind of go through a topic list and uh, first everybody can tell stories and then if it gets quiet, then, then you'd go through these topics and further everybody's knowledge. Is, is that, am I drawing the right picture? Yeah, pretty much. Well, look, the, 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 uh, you know, the, the guys themselves have to build the program. And if you're building anything, there has to be a foundation. And the foundation is three words out of the mission, support, fellowship, and action. And we show examples of what each of those look like uh, this is how you implement the support. This is how you implement fellowship. This is how action is implemented and examples of those. Uh, but it's kind of a, a place to start. Um, but it, it's certainly not a dad's night out. I kind of consider those fighting words uh, because that serves a purpose that that uh, answers a question that's not being asked. Look, when my kid with Down syndrome uh, was born, I already had friends I could go drink with or play golf with or bowl with or go to Bible study with, generally not the same ones I drank with. Um, I, I didn't need to replace one group with another, uh, but I, I needed to talk with, with guys that truly understood what I was going through. When my child was potty trained, um, I wanted to go share that with someone who understood what a huge accomplishment that was and wanted to, 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 to share in that victory with me. So that's that support piece. And it starts with that monthly meeting. Um, so we, we, this first meeting, you know, we're going to identify uh, a, a couple of key roles, leadership roles within the organization. Um, you know, but the, each group will kind of develop its own culture, um, you know, based on the local organization. And it is a committee of that local organization. So it is. It will always be referred to in, in Richmond as DSAGR, uh, dads. But we'll we'll take a look at you know what fellowship is, uh, the functional bucket models that dads should drive events uh, for the entire DSAGR families that functionally fit with fathers. Uh, you know, in in the winter, bowling, fitness days, um, in the spring, fishing days and picnics ball games and camping in the summer, hay rides and bonfires in the fall for all the families led by dads. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about the mission and, and how to implement that. Um, but we have tons of resources, the topic list, uh, a list of suggested speakers uh, or the types of speakers. Uh, but again, it needs to resonate with fathers, things that naturally functionally fit with fathers. Estate planning, great example. Um, because even with when Abel's passed, there's still going to be a place for special needs trust. It's not one or the sure, other. It sure. is a both, yep. how to implement them. But things that functionally fit with fathers, uh, you know, challenger baseball leagues, special Olympics, athletic opportunities for our kids. Uh, that Those are the kind of speakers that, that dads want to, to, to listen to. Um, uh, a dermatologist talking about why kids with Down syndrome traditionally have drier skin. Not so much. Right. And I also noticed that uh, I'm, I'm also reading the website while I'm listening that uh, some of the events that the dads would sponsor might be more dad focused. I mean, I'm a firm believer in it takes a, a woman and a man to, to, to raise a child just right. You know, there's a place for the woman when, you know, I don't know, uh, the day to day care and whatnot. But the, the dad is the one maybe more likely to take you fishing or, or sports or whatever. And that maybe some of the programs, because they're, they're hosted by dads, might have more of a dad sided focus, which I think is fantastic. Yeah, that's great. It, it gives guys that, you know, that ownership. Um, because, you know, it, look, I, I believe that advocacy is our responsibility, but nobody wants to just, you know, write senators and Congress people it, it once a week. Uh, we need, because one of the goals is have fun. So let's do that. Let's find ways. 
to, to get guys involved. And, and it's those guys on the peripheral level that really aren't going to be involved in the Down syndrome community unless there is a comfortable fit. And hopefully this provides that. Hey, Joe, so something that, that you said that really kind of hit home for me was was not being comfortable in in speaking without ha- without knowing as much as I can. And that, that, that was really something in the beginning for me that was really, really difficult was just kind of learning it all. So how do you, how do you pass this knowledge down like about the legislation and things like that down to the local level? We suggest that there is a policy leader in each group and that in each meeting, 15 minutes is, is, is blocked off and you're going to talk about policy. And, and we have a toolkit with, I think 22 documents in it so far. We continue to, to build that. And within Dad's National, we have one guy who's a national policy advisor that, that kind of shepherds this, this effort. I understand policy uh, and, and I do my part. And I, I've gone to the state capitol in Indiana many times, to Washington many times, uh, but it's still not my passion. It's it, Darren Yoder is his passion. So he puts these packages together, this toolkit, and basically talk about this. Let's relearn that first understand that uh, you know there's 435 congressional district and it's based on population but you have two united states senators and these are just the kind of things that guys just you know are cloudy about and when they start understanding the components and you teach it and talk about it 15 to 20 minutes at a time then the dots get connected and then you just roll in okay now we're going to talk about the able act now we're going to talk about uh, Trisomy 21 Act. We're going to talk about the Team Act. We're going to talk about harmful restraints and seclusion. Which, you know, by the way, if your kid has an IP, um, maximum security prisoners have more rights against harmful restraints and seclusion than your kid with an IEP. Guys, are, well, if they know that and can wrap their mind around it, and then we say, now here's what we need to do about it. Um, build the comfort level and they'll get involved but it starts with the answer is conversation and we will provide those pieces well, um, and, 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 and just and just having an organization i mean if you go to a senator and you say well you know there's lots of dads out there that care about this he'll say yeah right but if you say oh no we have you know 48 dads programs around the country with the total membership of i don't know 40,000 dads you know that carries a lot more weight it, just it, like collective bargaining absolutely. And, and, and look, I, it's just true um, that if dad shows up and mom shows up together and, and, and you get a, a meeting with, uh, you know, with your legislator or with one of his staff persons, that when dad talks, it carries a little more weight. It's just like at IEPs. Uh, just being there adds that, you know, add, adds a little something uh, because that's just our society views males as the dominant figure. Not only that, uh, when we go to IEPs, my wife tells me to go there and look mean, which which I don't do very well. But you know, I do. I try to give my serious. I'm going to sue you if you don't do what you do. We want you to do look. On another, on an earlier uh, show, one of you said your wife brings uh, IDEA. Yeah. Oh yeah, she has it all highlighted. I, I, I've done that. I, I, I've actually one time I took the 748 page you know document, but but I always show up with Reich's Law. Um, which is just a tremendous resource. But yeah, once you establish that uh, that that you know your child's rights more than they do, um, 
then, then it doesn't become as antagonistic. By the way, um, we're not talking about that tremendously that long ago that the doors of public education were open to, to our kids. It was 1975. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, not terribly that long ago. And the Individuals with Disability Education Act, understand this, was not an education bill. It was a civil rights bill. Yeah. And like, like any law, uh, every so many years, and, and they say four years, it's not really true. Uh, it's more on a round to it basis, but it has to be reauthorized. Uh, IDEA in 1998 was reauthorized. It was a tremendous piece of legislation but because of one advocate, a father of a child with Down syndrome, was the chief of staff of then Senate Majority Leader, uh, Leader Trent Lott from Mississippi, and his name is David Hoppy. And he just really drove this to be a tremendous piece of legislation. Uh, Trent Lott was not the majority leader in 2004. Dave had a different job. And and that was the last time IDEA was reauthorized. Um, and it, it was the first time in the history of this country that civil rights legislation went backwards. Okay, And, I, and I'm mentioning this because probably next year IDEA will be reauthorized again. We have to be involved. Guys have to be involved. That's right. All right. Do you have any more questions, Jason? Am I, I don't know. By myself? Just, <laughs> just uh, soaking it all in. It's very, it's, it's, it's very appealing sounding. Yeah, you you know the the chords to hit. That's for sure. Um, so when let's you're so, speaking so, to the dads. So let's talk about the size of this organization. I'm looking at the map. Fifty-three chapters in the United States, two in Canada, UK, and Australia. Yeah, and I think that we need to add about uh, two here in, in the United States. Um, and we're, we're adding, you know, six to eight to ten a year. Um, and that's really accelerated in the last uh, three years. Uh, prior to that, I think we, we kind of went with the uh, bottom-up model where we were, you know, um, exposing fathers to the program. And, and, and then they would take it back to their local Down syndrome organization. And, and you know, guys are not the best listeners, so they would get about 20% what? of what? it right. They, they... <laughs> Sorry. Yoda, <laughs> you know, looking for the easy button. So in the last few years, we, we've kind of changed that, uh, that delivery method uh, to a, a, a bottom-up model where we go to the NDSC convention and meet fathers, but also a top-down model uh, at the Down Syndrome Affiliates and Action Conference, which is just an organization that serves local Down Syndrome groups. Um, so we present direct to leaders, executive directors, board members, and we get the organizations excited about starting this program and kind of teach them how to shepherd it and then help them go out and find a leader. Um, and then I go out to a lot of the, the, the kickoff meetings and the launches uh, you know, for the first meeting. But once we kind of went to that dual delivery method, it just really accelerated. So, but, let, but let's work out some stats here. You ha how many members do you think you have in all of these 50, 60 chapters? You know, the, uh, the one group that probably averages the most men that come into each meeting is uh, Fort Worth, Texas. They're always uh, above 40, you know, 40 to 50. But... Understand if, if there's 30 
on average that go each month, it's never the same 30. Right. So right. there's 30 out of maybe, you know, 200 or 300 um, that have been in the door. And, and, and that's one of the key things is to, to, to you know, each that the local groups do, they need to build the program so it's accessible even when guys aren't at a monthly meeting. Yeah, you know, you through know, Facebook, it, it, through it's local a lot that has to be every month, you know. You might you might miss a month. That's not, I wouldn't think that's that big a deal. You know, but there's 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 guys that that make one meeting a year, um, and they kind of fade away. You, you you guys will find this out. Parents tend to fade away when their their children reach middle school years. A couple of things. Middle school is just tough. It's hard. Uh, expectations go up, and then and our kid also you know our our children with Down syndrome start to really experience that social void to a, a, a larger degree. So you look for things to fill that. So you're not as involved. Uh, but I've seen this over and over again, that, that these guys will come back uh, after a couple of years and get involved again. So it needs to be there that, and, and, and that's that meeting consistency is crucial. Um, you know, in each community, each dad's group needs to be in one central place. You're never gonna make everyone happy on the same night of the month, second Tuesday, third Thursday, whenever it is, and and don't move it, um, you know. Guys are stupid, uh, and, and I, I I'm not going to go online to find out where a meeting is. I can commit to memory. Second Tuesday, Loon Lake Lodge. You know, third Wednesday, Hudson Grill, because I'm in Atlanta a lot. Uh, but it's got to be pretty simple, and so that's that meeting consist consistency is is crucial. Um, but you know, we have a a thousand uh, fathers, a little over a thousand on our national list serve. Um, but my guess would be uh, an average of, of 250 times the number of, of, of uh, chapters. Wait, 250 times? You know, times the, 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 the 58. Let's just go with 60. So, okay. uh, But, you know, I, I'm going to measure success in um, new fathers that show up. Um, yeah. No, I'm, 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 I'm working something that, out. That recruiting going on. I'm, I'm working something out. It looks like uh, I did some statistics. There's about forty thousand individuals with Down syndrome in the United States, and what you came up with is about fifteen thousand. Four hundred thousand. Four hundred thousand. What is my it, my it, website's wrong then? <laughs> yeah, four hundred thousand. Maybe that's per year. Births per year. Uh, that's about six thousand. And 400,000 actually is, is kind of the number that, that the whole community has agreed uh, to use. Uh, so when we quote statistics, that's what we quote. Uh, but there is a, 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 there's pretty good evidence that that number is, is pretty high, that it's more like 300,000, but still everyone uses 400,000. And uh, the, the, the round numbers, you know, there's about 6,000 deaths a year and 6,000 live births a year. So the number remains static at 400,000. So you only have, if, you, if I, I'm doing my math, about 5% of the dads. It means there's lots of room to grow. A absolutely. Absolutely. And I hope we're going moving on from math here because, dude, if this Sorry. is going to be a math. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm so an engineer. What, what do you want? So what goes, in, what goes yeah. into to starting a new chapter? I know that, that uh, in Richmond area, one is opening, and, and I know there's none here in Southern California at all. So what what's involved there how do you how do you make contact okay um it, it it really starts with either the down syndrome organization 
uh, contacting us or a father that knows about the program wanting to um, to, to get it started. Uh, there is a, a, a terms of usage agreement um, which protects our brand, but it also protects a local Down syndrome organization. Uh, and I've seen this many, many times, unfortunately, uh, because, you know, we're guys and, and, and this committee uh, has to have a little higher degree of autonomy than, than typical committees within local Down syndrome support groups. It has to because we're, we're, we're men. We demand it. Um, but sometimes we, we don't like rules. So, you know, if, if, if these guys don't like what's going on or some of the directions or decisions that's being made by the local Down syndrome organization, they'll say, we're going to take our dad's group and just, you know, become separate. Well, you can't. Uh, because I'm not going to let this this brand be the source of any divisiveness uh, in in this community. Uh, I've given 10 years of my life to this, but more more importantly, more than this this brand and this organization, I respect this movement, and we don't need to be divisive. So it needs to be owned and controlled. There has to be some rules, and they need to be administered by a local Down syndrome support group. That being said. There needs to be some autonomy. So there's a terms of usage agreement that 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 says, hey, you might think that that my brand looks good and tie dyed. It doesn't. Leave it alone. And secondly, that uh, the the program is given locally to the Down syndrome organization. And then past that, we provide all the uh, the, the the building blocks to to get it started. But it it it. it one of two ways if there is a father that goes to the local down syndrome organization and said i want you to look into this or the down syndrome organization contacts us or or through exhibiting or speaking at conferences you know we make contact with them um and and a lot of times it's kind of it, it is selling the idea that um it will benefit the entire organization is it 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 concentrates on fathers but that attitude of the father becomes the attitude of the family. When you get fathers involved, uh, participation increases dramatically for the whole organization. You have guys are tremendous fundraisers. One dad's group uh, has has raised over six hundred thousand dollars net. Um, so you know that's over a half a million. That we're back on math again. That's over a half a million that that local Down syndrome community wouldn't have had had they not uh, started a dad's group. But but that's where it starts. We need a father that pushes it and goes to the local organization uh, or the organization finds us and we give them the, the tools to get it started. Right. That's what so, it takes. So one, um, I'm looking at the email that, that we exchanged before and, and I am, um, and you mentioned something about how how down syndrome sucks compared to better organized disabilities and that's definitely i've uh, dexter is only i don't know 17 months now so but in my limited experience here i've definitely noticed that you hear so much more about autism and things like that and i'd like to hear why you say that and and well well autism is sheer numbers yeah. Um, matter of fact, I think we should like uh, adopt their marketing strategy because, and, and you know, you, please understand, I'm being tongue in cheek, but you know, uh, five years ago it was like one in every 250 kids. Now it's one in every 110 kids is on the autism spectrum. So you know, five years from now, I think you know every child will be uh, diagnosed on the autism spectrum. So give us your money. Um, sheer numbers is one thing with autism, but 
if you look at, and I'll use the example of cystic fibrosis, um, that there is a, a, a national office and, the, and they have a chapter system. Um, but that train left the station decades ago, so we can't go back and correct that. But I think that having a chapter system around the country where there is uh, one you know, mission that drives the entire Down syndrome movement, that there are a list of priorities that these are the priorities that we collectively as a movement are working on now is is a better model. But what we have is 250 independent in, uh, organizations that that one third of their leadership changes annually because of, you know, the, the bo local boards. So it, it's always a moving target. And as a community, as an, a movement, we're just not on the same page. Um, so that train's left the station. So it's what we have. It is what it is. Um, but, you know, there certainly are some other disabilities that seem to be a little more organized. Um, you know, I, I, I'll use this example that the, the biggest asset in, in the Down syndrome movement is the passion of parents. Um, the biggest liability in the Down syndrome movement is the passion of parents. Yeah. Well, you know, Jason and I have talked about one of our messages is that uh, our children really aren't that different. And that, you know, when you, when, like you mentioned, these phases, when you first find out and the shock and all that, then that starts to go away and you realize that your kid isn't really that much different. And I think it's maybe, maybe that's hard to have as much passion when, you know, you realize that, you know, your, you know, your child maybe just, it needs a little bit more uh, therapy and a little bit working with or whatever, but you know, it, it's not nearly as, as, as all involving as, as you thought it was going to be. And I think that, that that's probably the other side of that argument. But, but, oh, oh absolutely. And this, and, and from that type of support, uh, as a community, we, we do a great job. Here's where I, I think we, we, we fall short and I'm going back to math again. And just don't. Hey, you chided me for that. Me numbers. Don't question me on the numbers, okay? It, I'm going to say it real fast, and then it'll, you know, if I'm, I'm not, wrong. I'm not okay. good at that. I'm an engineer. I'm going to close my ears. Uh, if let's use that 400,000, you know, number. So there's 400,000 individuals with Down syndrome, um, and, and 6,000 is kind of the number. 6,000 deaths a year, 6,000 births. So at any given point, there's 60,000 individuals with Down syndrome who are 10 years of age or younger, and down syndrome support groups there's not a single one in the country where they'll they'll say you know what we just really suck at providing services and support for birth to five well they don't birth to ten even they don't everyone does a good job um but that's what 13 i'm i i, I do know this 13 and a half percent uh of the population that that we're serving and the underserved or the the middle years the, the underserved are adults so as a community, we, we've not done a wonderful job of, of building that continuum of life model. And and I think that as, as our kids get older, you know, you'll hear about independent living. And I'm not, I would never be so uh, bold as to, to tell anyone that your child should go out and live independent, that that should be your goal is for them to, you know, move into an apartment by themselves or buy a house. And, and that's what you have to work toward. But the fact of the matter is, since 1980, the average life expectancy of individuals with Down syndrome is over doubled. It's over 60 years old now. So odds are, percentages, 
uh, dictate that your child's going to outlive you. And the minute you're carried out in a pine box, your child is independent. And it's what we do between now and then that kind of dictates on whose terms. And I want to say in that. Um, so you, that, s- you say that, Joe, but you mentioned you have three older daughters than Peyton. So, you know, that's that's what I'm counting on because I have a similar situation. But, you know, you're, you're, you're right. They're going to be independent. Um, yeah. And, and, and I think as a community, uh, as a movement, you know, what we do kind of dictates that. And, and, and look, I love serving this community. Uh, there's just, I've met my best, I mean, if it wasn't for my friends and, and, and the Down syndrome community, I'd have like three, but, um, and please don't take, you know, what I'm saying as a criticism, but you know, there's some things that we could, as a community could, could be, uh, doing a better job at. And that continuum of life model is is uh, is certainly one of them. All right, Joe. What do you want to? What do you, what, you got any final words you want to wrap up before we move on to the off the topic? I I, I want you to send me uh, the link. I want to put uh, put your show up on our website. Oh, we sure uh, I, I think it's wonderful what you guys are doing, and. Uh, I, I appreciate being asked to be on. And uh, again, Mark, you are not excused from coming to the DSAGR uh, kickoff. Matter of fact, uh, dude, you've got your own podcast. You are the logical <laughs> communications leader for that local oh, group. Oh, here it goes. And, no, and I, Jackson, I, San Diego is one of my favorite cities. So you've got to go to the local Down syndrome group there. We say, need an we excuse to visit, Joe. We, we, we definitely need an excuse to visit. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, we'll go hang out and, old, and and we'll find a we'll have the first meeting somewhere in Old Town. No, we're gonna have All it right. at Jason's house. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I donate a, a lot of time through my wife, who does a lot of who does a lot of work for our local chapter. And uh, you know, I, I think there's something to be said for that. That oh, the dads don't go to the meeting or whatnot. But you know, somebody has to watch a kid so that the you know the other the other parent can get out of the house. Um, so anyway, there's there's some of that as well. Jason, did you have any more questions before we moved on, or? No, I don't think so. It's it was. Don't 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 leave us, Joe. We want to make sure we get your moment of the week as well. Oh, okay. Moment of the week. I guess I should think about that. Huh? Yeah, you got you got they got another. We, <laughs> oh, we, we got another topic or another another thing to go through. I got some great news uh, to change gears real quick. Um, we contacted the. Uh, um, the wonderful father who runs Down Syndrome Daily, uh, his name is um, Rick Kosmalski, if I'm saying that correctly, and uh, he was very excited about our project, and uh, uh, he's going to be our guest next week, so we're very excited about that as well, and he's also volunteered to be, kind of become, uh, or to own the little segment of the Inspirational Story of the Week, because you know that kind of fits well with what he does, is, is come up with little news stories for uh, Down Syndrome Daily, and he's either going to come on each week, or possibly just send us a recorded clip, we're not sure. But next week, certainly, we're going to get him uh, uh, on live, and he can he can do his first one that way, and we'll see how that goes on from there. But as far as a uh, inspirational story of the week, did did you have one, Jason, or do you want me to take over? Or? Um, I have one here that I've been kind of saving up, I guess, for a little bit. Good, because I didn't um, really have one. <laughs> you what? You do have one? No, I didn't. I was oh, bluffing. Okay, okay, good. Um, I'm not sure where I stumbled across the story, but it's 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 a it's not really a story. It's it's a young gentleman named Andrew Benar, I believe, and and he is in Canada, but he is the um, owner along with his mom of a clothing um, website where they sell T-shirts that he's designed, and Andrew has Down syndrome, 
He is um, 20 years old, I believe. He's, you know, in his late teens or, or 20-ish, I think. Um, and he um, just designs these T-shirts and, and is a little, it's like a little little guy with drums. And, and I think his catchphrase is like, be strong, rock on, or something like that. And it's, it's pretty great. Uh, great t-shirts and a great little website and his bio is on there and i'll is, put a link is, is this group hug apparel.com group hug apparel yeah that i, I yes. didn't say that i know google is my friend i was following along yeah look at the artistic glasses he's got on he's got a great yeah he's, he looks like a hip little hipster he is a little hipster God, he's better dressed than i am that's for darn sure <laughs> i can't see any of the picture out of the t-shirts themselves though am i just on the wrong here we go shop yeah shop oh he's got one on yeah look at that Fantastic. So this is our, our little uh, our little sub um, a group of stories of uh, uh, independent shop owners. <laughs> yeah, he's this is great, and I think I think he donates a lot of the proceeds and stuff from from the sale of the shirts. Yeah. Um, and I think I think his goal in starting it was to to pay for his um, higher education expenses. Yeah, here's one of those so, huge checks for five hundred dollars. He's a handsome young man. Yeah, he's a good-looking kid, and I think he just graduated from high school, so maybe he is moving on uh, wow. to to higher education. Well, um, he'll have his MBA, and we'll be working for him in no time. <laughs> but yeah, I haven't I haven't gotten a T-shirt yet, but I, I I will. It's on my list. Maybe we need to call him next. <laughs> All righty. Well, uh, uh, have you has that given you a moment to think of your moment of the week? For me, yeah, <sighs> sure. I uh, well, we went to the beach today, and it's just the beach is just so much fun. But um, but my moment of the week is has got to be. Um, it was always my favorite time with Eloise too. Was was when she was old enough to get excited when you came home from work or or from being out or whatever, and and would you know run or crawl like crazy to the door and and wrap your arms around you and just give you the biggest you know papa hey right like she hasn't seen you in five years or you just got off the navy ship of being gone six months yeah and and so dexter is is at that stage now and and even when we when clet and and he were out of town last weekend um we skyped a few times and and just you know the first the first look of of the video conference when it would turned on and he could see you know my face and i could see him and he would just go <gasps> da, 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 you know do do the sign for for dad and and just get super excited and he was know, making bang, you feel like the, the keyboard and disconnect and do all that stuff you know it was it was awesome he was so, making you feel like the rock star that you are buddy yeah it's such a good feeling it's the best actually. <laughs> All right, uh, um, Joe, you listen to these? You want to go next? Or you want me to go next or what? No, go ahead. I'm still thinking. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, my moment with Luke this week was uh, we went um, to these mountains in uh, um, uh, North Carolina, and his, um, his talking has gotten much better. Uh, he's got a lot of vocabulary, and he understands what you say really well, but he had trouble stringing words together. Uh, and two word phrases have appeared recently and sometimes three word phrases and there's been just a little bit more awareness and some better articulation and, and, and it's just it's starting to all come together fast. 
Well, on this one particular evening, I don't remember which night of the week it was, that while we were eating dinner, it was just him and I, because it was one of those kind of crazy things where everybody was doing their own thing. We had, him and I had like a whole conversation, which really hadn't happened really before, you know, where we talked about, uh, uh, I asked him about what he did that day, and, and he said he had been hiking. You know, we talked about streams, and, and it wasn't, you know, detailed, whatever, but it was like, you know, he had things to say, and he's always had things to say, but I could get what they were. You know, and it was just it was just a great feeling. I can't wait to to, to understand more of what he has to say. And uh, I, I don't know. It's it's pretty close. I'm, I'm very excited about it. That's cool. That's cool. That, yeah, that's that, great. So, yeah, now, and, and there's no way in this world I want to follow that because that's just one of those <laughs> tremendously special times when when and, you know, that that whole new world is open to you and your child. But your daughter Peyton is uh, how old she said she was 14. 14, yeah. 14. So you have, yeah, it must, you have must 14, be harder to have moments of the week wait, wait, with, a, with wait, a teenager, I but, think. But you don't have to do this every week. You have 14 years, and you only got to give us one. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm going to go back a few months. There you but, go. Uh, it, it's, Peyton's always been you know, just very verbal, and it's and I don't want to take any credit for that, and, and I want to give too much to the speech therapist. I want to give most of it to the other three you know kids that have always pushed her, but, uh, but she also has a, a pretty vivid imagination, and 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 spins yarn loves to tell stories and it, it kind of got out of control and, and well it was lies i mean just the lies were getting out of control so her mom had talked to her about it i talked to her about it it didn't really seem to 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 be improving and finally i just had enough i said all right we're going to talk about this uh you are just you are lying she goes i don't lie i said yes you do peyton I said you know everybody lies every mckenzie lies kendall lies ashton your mom lies i every, Everybody lies, and you are just going crazy with it. Uh, but maybe it would help if if we talk about uh, the different types of lies. She, you know, she insists she doesn't lie, and I said, "Well, you're going to listen anyway." And I said, "You know, there's little white lies, and these are lies that that we we tell to make other people feel better. And, and there's uh, rationalization. That's when when you know lies that we tell to make ourselves feel better." And, and there's lies of omission when we fail to tell the entire truth. It's just flat-out crap, and that's where you're getting busted. Uh, <laughs> everybody lies. And at this point, I really know where I'm going. You know, it's going to be, uh, you know, Theology 101, uh, Original Sin, Fall from Grace, Need for a Savior. I can really, you know, a God moment with, with me and my child. And I said, Peyton, everybody lies. Do, do you know why everybody lies? And my problem was I gave her, like, you know, about a three-count to think about it. And she came back with, uh, it works. <laughs> I just said, you know what, Peyton, I just, you're a liar. I'm going to bed. Good night. I got nothing else. I got nothing else. But, um, but hey, when you, sh we're, we're talking about Rick uh, a while ago. Rick is uh, very involved in DSAD Dads in Delaware, and he is their policy leader. Uh, and Rick scheduled a meeting with his dad's group and other families in Delaware um, with their senator and one of his home visits, not with one of his staff members, with him. And he came back to Delaware, and Rick coordinated this. And uh, a lot of family members from Delaware sat down with the senator, and Rick put together a town hall meeting uh, to talk to him about why he hadn't co-sponsored the ABLE bill. And they've, they've kind of changed his opinion. He's co-signing. Uh, and, and Rick led that, and he, he was empowered to do that through his role in his dad's group. He's a great guy. Excellent. Yeah, that's awesome. I talked to him on the phone. He was he was very excited about this. So we, I, I'm pretty sure his enthusiasm will come through. We'll get to hear about all about it next week. 
Alrighty. Well, what do you say, Jason? Did I miss anything? Um, I don't think so. Not off the top of my head, anyway. We're at 59 minutes. God, we're good. <laughs> uh, Very good. So let's see. So the uh, the little closing clips, we, we, we have everything up on downrightawesome.com slash DSR. Uh, even if you go to just downrightawesome.com, they still show up there as well. Uh, we're also on iTunes, um, uh, Down Syndrome Radio. Uh, if you search for Down Syndrome, it's uh, the one of the three podcasts that come up. Uh, I think it's in the category of kids and family. Um, but like I said, the, the, the keywords are Down Syndrome there. Um, you got anything you want to plug, Joe? The, the uh, national media dadsnational.org is uh is our website and uh dads will be presenting uh exhibiting and presenting two workshops at the uh national down syndrome congress convention in washington dc week after next so if uh fathers that are going please visit us at our exhibit uh, there's an intro to dads uh which is specifically for fathers workshop and then maximizing dads which is for leaders and dads groups and organizations that have or have interest in starting dads in their community so we look forward to uh meeting a lot of new friends in washington i'm, I'm gonna be there joe we're just uh we gotta work out some final babysitting details <laughs> hey so. joe so is is there is there any um like social media or anything. I, I know that there's an email loop, and and after getting these emails, I signed up for the email loop. Is there any other like Facebook or or yep. anything that? We're on Facebook, uh, Daz National. Okay. And that's okay. that's as far as we've gotten because uh, finding somebody that that really does that and enjoys that and and uh, that wants to shepherd that, uh, you know, Twitter or, or anything else. They, we just haven't yet. Okay. Alrighty, I wanted to plug my uh, um, my other podcast, Engineering Fatherhood, that I do with my uh, uh, my older and my younger brother. It's a lot less reverent than this one, but it's definitely a fatherhood topic uh, for dorks and engineers and whatnot. That's uh, also available on iTunes under Engineering Fatherhood. So what do you say, man? We all set? Anything else going on downright awesome? Um, no, we're gearing up gearing up for buddy walk um that's about it i think we're just working on getting more t-shirts too actually or t-shirts are in high demand love the t-shirts so. man all right well everybody have a great week joe thank you so much for coming on and spending time with us i'm looking forward to meeting you in person uh, so am I, Mark. Jason, uh, look forward to meeting you both, and uh, thanks so much. Good luck. Let me know what I can do to help uh, promote your podcast. I uh, really enjoyed listening to them last week. Fantastic. All right. Yeah, thanks a lot, Joe. That was that was re- very informative. Great. All right, here comes the final song. Let's see. Turn that up. So, so you're going back to the original, yeah, huh? Yeah, yeah. Always oh. stole my heart away. I almost bought an electric guitar this week so I could Doc record a more rockin' version. <laughs> that got created him that no way to buy more skill, though. <laughs> oh, I thought his future would be limited. But I was as wrong as I could get. Maybe you can get your daughter to karaoke. She figured it all out on her own, too. She was using my podcast setup, Joe, as a... Uh, Karaoke machine. Daddy, you just ain't seen nothing yet. Someone no one ever will forget. Daddy, you just ain't seen nothing yet. And now I'm feeling better. 
because we figured out the cure. He needs some extra working with. Oh, and some therapy for sure. Oh, it turned out a few extras was all that it would take. All that it would take. Ooh. Look at me, big brown eyes and said you ain't seen nothing yet. Daddy, you just ain't seen nothing yet. I'm someone no one ever will forget. Daddy, you just ain't seen nothing yet. All right, Rick Kosmowski next week. Be there, be square. Oh, there's the next song. Good night, Jason. All right, good night.